This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Underway for a Monday morning, 48 degrees in downtown Boise. Still uh, a little bit of, I wouldn't necessarily call it fog, but kind of some haze out there because of all the moisture we've had for the uh, last week or so. It's going to be fairly nice um, for the most part this week before we start to cool down ahead uh, going into the upcoming weekend. The futures on the stock market, as of right now, uh, looks like we're going to be continuing at least a little bit, up 20 points on the Dow, um, all three of the indexes. We'll call them fairly flat as of right now, ahead of the opening here in about an hour and a half. However, last week um, ended uh, on Friday, uh, another up day, uh, and that means for the week last week, we saw the best day on the stock market in over a year for the week. Don't know why. You don't know how. You'd think I'd feel more like celebrating. Uh, for those of you who thought, "Hey, we got to sell and get out of this," this, this, this is why you don't you don't you don't necessarily sell because you lock in your losses uh, when you sell. It's just paper losses until then. Right. You always have to wait for that one day in the year. Yeah. Or just you know, if you're in it for the long haul, just continue to go up because in the history of the stock market, stock market has always gone up. They're always thwarting my get-rich-quick scheme. Which is? Get-rich-quick. And and what's the scheme? Uh, that was it, really, as far as I got. Oh, that, that could be the problem right there, is you yeah. don't really have a scheme, yet you're calling it a scheme. Well, I do have a purpose and a title. That's a good beginning the, the, the to purpose, a scheme. The purpose <laughs> is to get rich uh, quickly, and the title is Get Rich Quickly. Get Rich Quickly, yeah. You, you've got all the makings of the beginning yeah. of a scheme. Unfortunately, you have the, no the, scheme there yet. The plan itself is a bit weak, as evidenced by, well, everything. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You might want to lock in uh, that phone number this morning, because that's going to pay off. We've got a lot. A lot of stuff to give away today. The uh, football season, uh, as noticed by social media warriors, is over. <laughs> I'm like, well, the football season's over. It's like, no, hey, it's not. Good grief. We were just four and five <laughs> at this time back in 1997. <laughs> like, good grief. Uh, and I, now, I I'll, grant you, I'll grant you that particular year, we did not go to a bowl game. <laughs> I, I, I will uh, say it is... I. I predicted it as we were going through and go do you watch everybody's going to want the coaches all to be fired and everybody to be benched yeah sure enough coach you want the coach current by the way uh coach of the year to be fired which is just amazing to me to begin with for the armchair quarterbacks but uh i get it we are not having what is considered a bsu type year and now the uh chance of winning the Mountain West, really, really long, unless we got a lot of help from a lot of people. So uh, I think Air Force has to lose twice, Fresno has to lose twice, and I believe uh, UNLV would have to lose twice. Two of those three teams would have to lose twice, and Boise State went out for them to make the championship. So it's a long ways there. Yes, and our winning percentage is 444. Not good. Not good. You want it to be at least five 
you know, with any luck, mm-hmm. six, seven, possibly eight or higher. Yeah. Um, 1,000 is good. If you uh, watched or listened to that uh, game, um, it pretty much could have gone either way, all the way up until the um, last couple of minutes in the game when Fresno you State know, ripped off that long touchdown run. What would be great this season is if uh, there was a game that could go either way that actually went our way. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Once again, lost by seven points. Uh, don't forget, even though there is a loss, we still have the Treasure Valley play of the game coming up this morning. And uh, during Bronco Monday, Bob Beeler will be with us. And this is the way it always works. Uh, listen in at about 8.55, and we'll be looking for one person to identify that play of the game. If you are that person, first person to do it, we have a $50 gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar for you this morning. All right, now that's just one of the things that we have to give away. We also have for you coming up this morning tickets to the game coming up here this weekend. They will be taking on uh, New Mexico uh, Saturday afternoon. You have a chance to win those game uh, those game tickets coming up here in the 9 o'clock hour. So be listening in 9 o'clock hour for your chance to text and win those tickets. And it's basketball season, as I mentioned. Basketball season getting underway, and we have tickets to Boise State's first home game as we get underway with high expectations for this coming season. What could happen? You have you start with high expectations, as you do every year, although Boise State is uh, picked to finish second behind San Diego State this year. They've got a lot of firepower coming back, plus a lot of uh, incoming talent. Boise State fans just kind of want to, you know, start paying attention to basketball right now. Yeah. Uh, Vanguard is who they play. Or or as some people like to call them, Van who? Anyway, they will be in uh, town to play here. Boise State. Hey, remember remember when everybody wanted to see Leon Rice fired and ran out of town? (laughs) Look where that program is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, today, now, uh, Daylight Saving Time, I got a lot, you got to say, I don't know about you, you say it doesn't, affect you very much i woke up without an alarm clock this morning i was ready to go well rested however once again daylight saving time you need to be aware of certain things four ways the time shift can affect affect your health be careful driving today tend to be more crashes right after daylight saving time ends i was gonna say this is standard time now so that's what we're looking at study found 15 percent rise in highway crashes a 28 percent increase in nighttime crashes and a six percent rise in car wrecks overall the monday after time change either in the spring or the fall that's a big i mean that's not you're not talking you know oh there's so, an increase of two or three percent that's not very much in the spring when people get uh, less sleep they don't drive very well and in the fall when they get more sleep they don't drive very well well it's not so much uh, getting more or less sleep but it's uh, effect on your circadian rhythms is what they say cluster headaches are also more because uh, part of your brain that generates cluster headaches also manages circadian rhythm uh, seasonal affective disorder or sad shorter days means less sunlight, less vitamin D, D. So depression is more common as the days get shorter in general. But for most people, people earlier sunsets also don't help, which is what we're seeing right now. Uh, it can be hard on people with Alzheimer's and dementia. They tend to be more affected by shifts in sleep schedules, so it can make symptoms 
worse for them. And then uh, finally for you this morning, strokes and heart attacks bringing forward in March bigger effect, but there's also a spike this time of year when we fall back because our bodies just don't seem to like it when we mess with our internal clocks. Last night on um, Facebook, and I will paraphrase, at at about 6.15 p.m., somebody wrote, uh, I hate standard time. It's dark as blank out here. (laughs) I guess you really didn't need to, uh, other than the fact that it it would get us in trouble. Paraphrase right there, right? Oh, I I did, (laughs) at least one word. Yeah. Uh, also, today is election eve, tomorrow, uh, election day, and uh, Secretary of State Phil McGrain is going to be with us uh, in here this morning uh, about 9, just a little after 9 o'clock, to talk about all things election, things you should know, things you should do, things maybe you should have already done but still have a chance to do. Uh, he'll be in with us to talk about the election tomorrow. So that's all on the way for you this morning. Once again, our phone lines are open as usual, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, and also text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Time for our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. Once again, brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Chef Wally and all his staff already there early this morning, making their deliciousness from scrap. scratch. If you don't believe me that it's delicious, get in and try it for yourself at Pork Belly and Cuna. The Boise State Beach Volleyball team wrapped up its fall season over the weekend. Competing in two different locations, Marlena Bullington and Lily Patok competed at the AVCA National Pairs Championships in Huntsville, Alabama, finishing with three wins and five losses. The rest of the Bronco team combined for 21 victories at the Grand Canyon University Lopez Invitational in Phoenix. On Monday Night Football, it'll be the 3-4 and four Chargers traveling to face the 4-3 and three New York Jets. Game time is 6 o'clock on ABC and Sunday games. Philadelphia has the NFL's best record at 8-1 and one after defeating the Cowboys 28-23. In that game, Dallas rookie place kicker Brandon Aubrey broke the record for most consecutive field goals made without a miss to start an NFL career. He has made 19 in a row. Aubrey is a 28-year-old rookie. He played soccer at Notre Dame. Then he played Major League Soccer and only switched to football last year when he started out with the Birmingham Stallions of the U.S. Football League. Also Sunday, Baltimore improved to 7-2 and with a 37-3 win over Seattle. Ouch! Kansas City is also 7-2. and They got by Miami 21-14 and Las Vegas down the Giants 30-6. to That's sports. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. When he first sat for a deposition in the civil case, he invoked his Fifth Amendment right hundreds of times and read a statement attacking New York Attorney General Letitia James. In a second deposition, Trump answered questions, calling his real estate portfolio the Mona Lisa's of properties. He said, I have some of the greatest pieces of property in the world. But the judge has already determined Trump overvalued them to get better terms on loans and insurance, conducting a decade's worth of business with financial statements that overhyped his net worth by as much as $2.2 billion. The attorney general is now seeking $250 million in damages and to bar Trump from doing business in New York. 623, Donald Trump uh, due to uh, head to a hearing uh, today and uh, witness stand. He'll be the one sitting next to the uh, judge. I wonder if he, will he, will, could he be fined if he talks bad about himself? 
on the witness stand. <laughs> Not that he's going oh, to do that. Because but... he'll be the one next to the judge? <laughs> yeah, because he'll be the one next to the no, judge. I think you can say whatever you want about yourself without getting in too much trouble. Uh, 624, uh, David, listening in San Francisco online this morning. Uh, you're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Yeah, morning. Uh, yeah, I was going to tie the Trump testimony to um, uh, to the Secretary of State that you're going to interview later in the day, right? Um, Trump has already been found guilty in this case. He's his testimony today is going to be whether or not he's going to apologize or he's going to try to remediate. But uh, and you know whether they're going to take the full quarter of a billion dollars or whether they're they've already yanked his business license in the state. Now, where it ties to Idaho and the Secretary of State out here is whether or not Idaho has any business relationships between the Trump uh, uh, Trump and, uh, Enterprises or whatever it's called, and uh, and whether or not that association would be like an organized crime association. If Trump has been accused and found guilty of a billion dollars worth of fraud and his business license has been yanked in new york state not just new york city but new york state uh then all of a sudden every business relationship he has in the rest of the world has to be looked at as a potential organized crime tie and uh, so whether or not the state of ohio or idaho has any uh, danger in uh in keeping those relationships going do we have relationships with the Trump Organization? Well, land deals. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, state property renting from a Trump uh, property uh, management company. Could be any number of different things. I mean, he was involved in water. He was apparently one of the other uh, cases that's coming up this year is uh, he had a telephone company and whether or not that was uh, an entire fraud. So, I mean, the guy had uh, so many, his, his niece, when she inherited uh, her, her part of it, when the, uh, the Trump's dad died, they, some lawyers came around and started pointing out 900 different addresses, 900 addresses that she had a piece of. And, uh, and of course, she was cheated by Trump and uh, Trump's sister, who became a federal judge. And, uh, and she resigned just about the time that it became known that she cheated her own niece out of her inheritance. Mm. Uh, this family is so crooked that uh, it crosses state lines. And whether the Secretary of State is going to protect the state or whether she, uh, the Secretary of State would be loyal to Trump, well, I, uh, just knowing, you know, Secretary of State, um, he's kind of loyal to the uh, letter of the law. Um, but uh, thanks for the question. 627-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Phil McGrain, who is our Secretary of State, going to be talking all about the election coming up here tomorrow. If you have questions, uh, wondering whether or not, if you haven't registered yet, can you register? Phil McGrain will be in with us after 9 o'clock to answer those questions here on News Talk KBOI. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Congratulations going out to Ben Lister. Ben Lister was calling number six, and he officially going to be our first winner. Headed to the first game this year, Boise State taking on Vanguard. Boise State men's basketball gets underway tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Of course, you can hear all the action here on News Talk KBOI, or you can be at the game. We have another chance for you coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. So if you didn't win here, make sure that you've got your speed dial locked in at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Chance for you to win that ticket. Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. $50 gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar. That'll be coming up at 855. Plus, we have BSU tickets uh, for the New Mexico game coming up here this Saturday. Those are all things we're going to be giving away this morning in the 9 o'clock hour. That's when we'll be giving away the uh, BSU tickets for the football game on Saturday. That will be a chance for you to text and win at 208-336-3700. Update on a story, a uh, breaking story that we told you about Friday morning here on News Talk KBOI. The uh, mayor, New Plymouth mayor, if you remember, shot his son Thursday night. I bet the son remembers. Uh, I think everybody probably in the family and uh, is is remembering as of right now. Um, he was arraigned on Friday, Judge Kylie uh, Stulchek arraigned York, one count of aggravated battery, a felony, one count of possession of a weapon with intent to assault, misdemeanor, and one count of exhibition or use of a deadly weapon, also a misdemeanor. Next court date. Is a status check that will be November 13th and a preliminary hearing scheduled the next day on November 14th. Judge set bond for York uh, at $75,000. Also established a no-contact order, which states that he cannot go within 500 feet of his own residence unless he's with a police yeah. officer. Might be wise. My guess would be if he can't go within 500 feet of his own residence, his 30-year-old son probably lives did, there. Did, did, now, did he... Um did he admit to shooting his son on purpose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I thought maybe he was just trying to shoot as close to his son as possible without hitting him, but he didn't do it very well. No, he admitted to shooting his son in the arm during an argument. Yeah, that's not bright. No. Um, wounds, by the way, non-life-threatening. He, the, the son was taken to the hospital by his mother, um, and the wounds were non-life-threatening, which which is good. It doesn't, um, it doesn't mean the arm isn't messed up. No. Um, but he said, uh, York, who is, uh, like I said, the mayor of New Plymouth, did mention that he did fire the round at his 30-year-old son's arm because his son got out of hand. So his son got out of hand. He didn't get out of hand by shooting his son. It was his son who was out of hand. Okay. Apparently, he threw his arm in the way of the bullet. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's probably... Some parts of the story we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the important part seems to be that he shot his son. By the way, if you're you're curious, um, and Chris it might lend to, unless he was grazed in the arm, yeah, um, that his arm might be messed up. Uh, messed up. Uh, the firearm that was used in the shooting, a three fifty seven Magnum. Yeah, arm could be messed up. You're right. You know, three fifty seven Magnum, Dirty Harry. Right. Most oh, powerful. Okay. Actually, handgun that, in the world. Actually, that's a forty-four, <laughs> but still. KBOI News Time is six forty-five. Time for a check on what's going on in sports. One more time this morning with Chris. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in 
Cuna, the place to go. They open up for breakfast and their drive-thru, coffee drive-thru, also opening up in 15 minutes. Uh, get in. Get your week started out right. Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. In the NBA, Sunday Memphis beat Portland 112-100. Kevin Durant scored 41 points as Phoenix topped Detroit 120-106. And Cleveland beat Golden State 115-104. There are 12 games on the Monday NBA schedule. Those include the Warriors at Detroit, Utah at Chicago, Sacramento at Houston, and New Orleans at Denver. The Major League Baseball Gold Glove winners were announced Sunday. First-time recipients in the American League are pitcher Jose Barrios of the Blue Jays, catcher Jonah Heim, first baseman Nathaniel Lowe, and right fielder Adolis Garcia of the champion Rangers, shortstop Anthony Volpe of the Yankees, and utility player, that's a new one, Mauricio Dubin of the Astros. In the National League, first-time Gold Glovers are pitcher Zach Wheeler of Philadelphia, catcher Gabriel Moreno of Arizona, second baseman Nico Horner of the Cubs, third baseman Key Brian Hayes of Pittsburgh, center fielder Brenton Doyle of the Rockies, and right fielder Fernando Tatis Jr. and utility player Hassan Kim of San Diego. Center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer and third baseman Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays each won for the fourth time. That's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. And this is new tonight. Former Boise City Councilwoman Lisa Sanchez filed an appeal to the Idaho Supreme Court after she lost her city council seat. Now, she lost that seat back in January and previously filed a lawsuit in April. Sanchez claimed she inadvertently moved out of her district while the city was being redistricted and was unlawfully removed. KTVB reached out to her attorney, Wendy Olson. And Olson sent us this statement, which said the district court made its decision as a matter of law because this is a novel question of law and the statutes primarily at issue have not been previously interpreted by the Idaho Supreme Court. We think it is an important question to have answered by Idaho's highest court. And you can read more about this right now at KTVB.com. Interesting. Um, Lisa Sanchez just won't go away even though she said she will not run for re-election, which she is not doing. So she still believes that it was unlawful yeah. to remove her from office. Yeah, just, yeah you, you can't remove me from office just because I move out of the district. Pretty much you know, says exactly that, and it doesn't make allowances for if you say you accidentally move out of the district or not just says if you don't live in the district, you no longer are allowed to serve as a yeah. council person. And that's only a recent thing because we didn't have city council districts until uh, you know, not long ago. Yeah. By the way. Um, it was all, you know, you could live anywhere and be on the city council. This uh, election this year will be the first time that you are voting um, for your city council mm-hmm. members by district not just here either it uh, also is going to be going on uh in uh meridian and in nampa because cities with 100,000 population all will vote by district don't know how much longer we we could see very soon as fast as uh, idaho is growing a couple more cities being added to that yeah. without without too much more distance in the future. I, I I don't know if she's what she's hoping here because even if she 
I mean, this isn't going to go to the Idaho Supreme Court before the end of the year, which is when her term would be up anyway. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be wanting to be uh, reinstated necessarily. I think she just uh, wants to get it on the record. Doesn't yeah doesn't doesn't necessarily like the decision that was made um, by the other courts who have uh, decided, and then the appeal, and now wants to appeal it to the Idaho Supreme Court. Court records show that the uh, appeal was filed on October thirtieth. So sometime next year, uh, if the Supreme Court. Idaho Supreme Court does decide to hear the case. It'll be sometime next year, more than likely, that the yeah. uh, case would go. If you uh, have uh, Tyson Foods Fun Nuggets in your uh, freezer, you might want to uh, check out those Fun Nuggets. And if, you, if you're wondering what are the Fun Nuggets, Tyson, they're the dinosaur, dinosaur-shaped nuggets. They're not shaped like dinosaur. Dinosaur-shaped no. nuggets. Um, although some of them could be, uh, when you look at them and go, yeah, that is dinosaur. <laughs> um, reported by customers to have been contaminated with metal pieces inside. The one minor oral injury has been reported in the release announcing the recall. Uh, Tyson Foods Fun Nugget Recall. Twenty, um, A little over almost 30,000 pounds of the uh, chicken nuggets with a use date of September 4th were affected by the recall. If you want to find out if the chicken you have in your freezer might be a part of that recall, you just need to go to fsis.usda.gov forward slash recalls. Customers who purchase the recalled nuggets are encouraged to throw the package out or return the product to the point of purchase. Once again, fsis.usda.gov forward slash recalls to find out if uh, your dinosaur-shaped Tyson Fun Nuggets are a part of that uh, recall. I'm just glad because I... I know we've never really purchased anything called Fun Nuggets. <laughs> um, we have in the past. Uh, we don't have kids uh, around anymore. Uh, but when we had kids, we, we got those uh, Tyson Fun Nuggets that just sounds all like the time. sounds like a bad euphemism to me. <laughs> uh, also, another uh, local thing that's going on uh, coming up here today, Stinker Stores in Idaho launched their annual Stomp Out Hunger campaign. Just want to make you aware of that. It benefits the Idaho Food Bank. It begins today and will go to November 16th. Customers at Stinker Stores will have the opportunity to make a uh, donation to the Idaho Food Bank when they pay for their purchases. 100% of the donations will go to uh, local Idaho communities. That's the good thing about the Idaho Food Bank. It stays right here in Idaho. Mm -hmm. For $5, the Idaho Food Bank can provide enough food to purchase up to 15 meals. So they really can, through their partnerships, uh, make those dollars stretch. Plus, they stretch even further. Stinker stores will also match dollar-for-dollar donations up to $25,000. So once again, good cause, especially this time of year. Um, If you want to be a part of the kickoff, that's going to be going on today at 1130 this morning at the Stinker store at 1607 South Broadway Avenue that gets underway at 11:30 if you want to be a part of the kickoff today but it will be going on at all stinker locations throughout the Treasure Valley up and through November 16th once again you can uh, donate 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, if you want to get through this morning, you can also email chris at kboy.com, mike at kboy.com. Um, coming up here after 9 o'clock this morning, we've got a couple things that will be going on. First of all, uh, after 9 o'clock, uh, we've got uh, Secretary of State Phil McGrain is going to be in here to talk uh, everything election. All right, we've got the election coming up here tomorrow. Phil McGrain will be with us live this morning. If you have questions uh, for the Secretary of State, you can email those in to us right now. Um, we'll have a chance to get to those after 9 o'clock. Just email chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. But we'll be ta- talking about the upcoming election coming up here uh, tomorrow. Would you like to know if you haven't registered? Is it possible to register? What do you need? He'll have all that information for you once again coming up here just after 9 o'clock. Also, after 9 o'clock, we will have uh, football tickets up for grabs for you. Uh, Boise State takes on New Mexico this coming Saturday, and uh, you'll have a chance to win those tickets. Like I mentioned, after 9 o'clock, it'll be a text-to-win contest. Don't text us now, but you'll have a chance to uh, win those on the way. Plus, it is Bronco Monday, and during Bronco Monday, we always have a chance for you to win a $50 gift certificate for some fantastic food, um, and we'll do that. The Treasure Valley Subaru Play of the Game will coming up at about 8.55 this morning, so make sure you're uh, listening in to win that also. And on the way, sometime within the next 45 minutes, we'll have another chance for you to pick up the tickets to the Boise State Broncos tomorrow night. Basketball taking on Vanguard at Extra Mile Arena. That's all on the way for you this morning. Right now, a check once again on sports with Chris, brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Once again, uh, open up every morning, 7 a.m., and that's seven days a week. Homemade sausage gravy made daily, in-house smoked pork belly and pulled pork, Marionberry cream cheese made from scratch, and a whole lot more. Find out why it is so delicious. Those are just a couple of the reasons at Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. The Boise State Beach Volleyball Team wrapped up its fall season over the weekend, competing in two different locations. Marlena Bullington and Lily Patok competed at the AVCA National Pairs Championships in Huntsville, Alabama, finishing with three wins and five losses. The rest of the Bronco team combined for 21 victories at the Grand Canyon University Lopez Invitational in Phoenix. On Monday Night Football, it'll be the 3-4 and four Chargers traveling to face the 4-3 and three New York Jets. Game time is 6 o'clock on ABC and Sunday games. Philadelphia has the uh, NFL's best record at 8-1 and one after defeating the Cowboys 28-23. In that game, Dallas rookie place kicker Brandon Aubrey broke the record for most consecutive field goals made without a miss to start an NFL career. He has made 19 in a row. Aubrey is 28 years old. He played soccer at Notre Dame, then played Major League Soccer, and only switched to football last year when he played for the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. Also Sunday, Baltimore improved a 7-2 and with a 37-3 win over Seattle. Kansas City is also 7-2. and They got by Miami 21-14, and Las Vegas down the Giants 30-6 to at sports. 6.70 a.m. and 93.1 FM. Casper and Chris, News Talk, KBOI. A little bit as far as the futures are concerned. Um, so it is looking eight minutes ahead like we could be kicking off uh, another week in the positive territory, which would be uh, good news because last week, biggest week... Uh, as far as increases in the stock market in over a year, who who it was saw a great that? week? Who saw that coming? <laughs> it's it's interesting because if you look at historically, when you look at these corrections, right, and a correction means that you've pulled 
we've seen one of the major indexes pull back more than 10%, which is what we saw going from July 31st to basically October 27th. We saw a pullback of just north of 10%. And historically, when you see that start to reverse, that trend start to take this other, this other momentum the other way, like we've seen last week, Generally, the next two months and the next year bode well for for performance. And if we look at last week, the most encouraging part was the broader base participation. What we've seen really so far this year is a concentration of a handful of companies, about seven of them, that obviously represent a large percentage of weighting in the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. That's why we've seen those two indexes really outperform this year. But the rest of the companies within the S&P 500 and looking at the Dow Jones, these have largely underperformed. So it was encouraging last week to see the Dow Jones gain over 5%, the S&P 500 almost 6%, the NASDAQ up over 6.5%. So now we're looking forward to this week. Can that continue? Well, it's going to be a pretty quiet week as far as uh, what we're seeing on the data front, economic data and earnings. We've already seen 400 out of the 500 companies report within the S&P 500. Earnings um, largely have been have come in better than feared, and it's given some hope that <laughs> wait, corporate... Wait, wait, wait. They've come in better than feared, which is different than better than expected. Yes, because we got to look at the analyst calls going into this year and going into quarter one, quarter two, and even quarter three. Everyone, everyone was expecting some pullback, right? You're seeing some slight deterioration in consumer spending, consumer sentiment, and of course, we're seeing these larger data sets from that are that are produced by the government. This is whether the jobs report or the retail spending report, but where investors and analysts were really paying attention to is like, geez, in, interest rates are going up. Our central bank is restrictive. How much longer can these companies continue to employ these people? And how much longer can they continue to exceed expectations as far as earnings and profits? Well, they they have. So there's this fear going into these earnings reports that just haven't come to fruition, which has you know, change the change the repricing of these stocks to add a little bit more optimism in it. And we certainly saw that last week, especially on the heels of our central bank coming in and saying, hey, we're going to we're going to remain on pause and kind of stay on the sidelines. At least that's what the market interpreted. And if you look at historically when the market has really performed, markets uh, typically perform well when the Federal Reserve is on the sidelines, meaning they're not they're not moving rates up. They're not moving rates down. They're just kind of there's, there's some certainty or some peace of mind that our central bank is just going to keep things status quo. Um, and again, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think we see some volatility. That was my call going into the back half of this year. We're going to see some big up weeks, which we saw last week, and we're going to see some big down weeks, which we saw basically from July to October. But if we go back to 1980, if we look at the final two months of the year, uh, the market's up over, it, it's up about 80% of the time. So uh, looking at historical data and history's on our side, November and December uh, will likely eke out some gains. But I do anticipate uh, some more volatility to go along the way. We got a government, uh, potential government shutdown on the horizon, and we have another Fed meeting in about six weeks, which will certainly be top of mind for investors. All right. We'll keep an eye on things for you as of right now. Um, not a whole bunch, but opening across the board as far as the futures are concerned here in just a few minutes. We'll uh, get updates throughout the day. Talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI.
800-636-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through and take part in the show, that's always encouraged. You can also email us, mike at kboi.com, chris at kboi.com, text us. Same as our main number. Still on the way here before 8 o'clock. Chance for you to get tickets to the Boise State's Vanguard basketball game tomorrow night. Extra Mile Arena. Chance to win that on the way in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Sandy Meridian, thanks for being patient. Listening on 93.1 FM this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Hope you're having a good Monday. Well, as best as can be expected for a Monday. <laughs> no doubt. Number one, Trump. It's completely political. He got loans. He paid them back. And that's real estate. You can ask for whatever you want for it. Doesn't mean you're going to get it. And uh, you're well aware of that, Mike. Um, but, I mean, if I put my house up for sale today, it'd be for $2 million. Would I get it? I don't know. Probably not. But that's what I'd do. Anyways, let's go to the Broncos, the important stuff. Uh, season, ticket, <laughs> season ticket holder since uh, 98. Good for you. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to label it. i got three points to make. Let's go the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, George Helani was back. And thank goodness for that because Genty's out. I'd sure like to see both of them guys in the backfield at the same time. Yeah, the, actually, you have this year. You know how many plays? Oh, five? Three. <laughs> Pretty good guess, huh? Yeah. Those guys are both awesome, but God, George was just, he was so awesome. I mean, and thank goodness he was there. he He's just such a terrific player, running the ball, catching the ball, and his blocking was unbelievable. He picked up the extra guy in the blitz. I never saw him miss a, miss a block. All right, the bad are tackling we're tackling has sucked all year long. We got we're very inconsistent. We got guys who'll make a really nice play, and then eh, we'll have three guys miss somebody, and that was pretty apparent the other night. And uh, you know, there's been lots of injuries, so I'm going to go down there. And by the way, I'm a huge Andy Abelos fan, and I have no desire for him to be fired. Want to throw that in there real quick? Okay, the ugly, <laughs> the kickoff return. We did almost the worst thing that could possibly have been done when we drilled the ball on the ground, but right to the return. <laughs> so now the ball gets down there faster instead of kicking. I mean, the second worst thing would have been to just kick it to him in the air. And there's so many other options, like kick the doggone ball out of the end zone. They would have got the ball in the 25 and probably taken a knee. Now, if you can't do that, kick the dang thing out of bounds to get it to 35. They're not going to score from there. Uh, and if you're going to drill it on the ground, well, kick it at one of the up guys <laughs> because they're going to grab it because they know they have to or else we get the ball. Yeah. And they aren't going to go anywhere. And the last option was uh, just do an onside kick. I mean, it, they're yeah, not going to score all, with all seven of those seconds left. In maybe. hindsight, way. Way the, better the only, than what ended up happening. The only thing you haven't listed is to tackle the guy. That's one. Yeah, there's another one, too. And which is weird. And thank you for the call. Appreciate your insight, Randy. Um, uh, against Wyoming, the tackling was fantastic. I thought for the first time in the whole year, they tackled great. And then all of a sudden, um, this game tackling ended up, or lack of tackling, ended up rearing its ugly head once again. Thank you for the phone call. 208-336-3700.
For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 743-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Don't forget, uh, still on the way within the next, oh, 10 minutes or so, going to give you a chance to win the tickets to the Boise State Broncos as they kick off their 2023-24 basketball season. Vanguard tomorrow night, 7 o'clock tip-off once again on uh, the... Extra Mile Arena Courts. You'll be able to hear all the action here, of course, on KBOI, but you could be there live in person as we give away another pair of tickets. Gave one in the 6 o'clock hour. Another chance for you to get uh, another pair. Be ready to call at 208-336-3700 sometime within the next 10 minutes. Dow officially open. 35 points to the good as of right now. All three of the indexes are up. NASDAQ up 45. Standard Poor also up a little bit. So it looks like we could be starting the week off. Um Pretty much where we left off last week, which, by the way, last week, biggest week uh, across the board for uh, Wall Street and now in over a year All right. last week. So it looks like we're going to be continuing that as of this morning. Uh, also, uh, Election Day is tomorrow. You want to call in anything election today? You want to talk about the election? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you just want to weigh in and, and say you like someone or maybe you don't like someone. Who are you voting for? You got a uh, contested mayor's race this year. If you want to weigh in on that, feel free. You want to weigh in on city council races or any of the other races that are going on in the Treasure Valley, um, you can also do that this morning. A reminder that coming up here just after 9 o'clock, we will be talking to the Secretary of State, Phil McGrain. Everything has to do about the election coming up tomorrow, um, where uh, you can find to vote, if you can uh, register. If you're not registered, he'll have all the details. Plus, if you have questions, go ahead and email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Let's get a check on what's going on with sports one final time with Chris this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go. You want to get your week, your day all started off and you love breakfast don't forget they serve breakfast the entire time they're open so they're open for breakfast and lunch but if you want to have breakfast at one o'clock in the afternoon you can do that at the pork belly and cuna in the nba sunday memphis beat portland 112 100 kevin durant scored 41 points as phoenix topped detroit 120 to 106 and cleveland beat golden state 115 104 there are 12 games on the monday nba schedule including the Warriors at Detroit, Utah at Chicago, Sacramento at Houston, and New Orleans at Denver. The Major League Baseball Gold Glove winners were announced Sunday. First-time recipients in the American League are pitcher Jose Barrios of the Blue Jays, catcher Jonah Heim, first baseman Nathaniel Lowe, and right fielder Adolis Garcia of the Rangers, shortstop Anthony Volpe of the Yankees, and utility player Mauricio Dubin of the Astros. In the National League, first-time Gold Glovers are pitcher Zach Wheeler of Philadelphia, catcher Gabriel Moreno of Arizona, second baseman Nico Horner of the Cubs, third baseman Key Brian Hayes of Pittsburgh, center fielder Brenton Doyle of the Rockies, and right fielder Fernando Tatis Jr. and utility player Hassan Kim of San Diego. Center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer and third baseman Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays each won for their fourth time. That's sports. 747, as promised, you want to go see some basketball tomorrow night. Boise State takes on Vanguard, kickoff to the 2023-24 season. We've got a pair of tickets for you right now. If you want to give us a call, caller number 7 
We're in the 7 o'clock hour. Caller number 7, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you're calling number 7, you'll have a pair of tickets to the game tomorrow night. Talk carefully. Good luck. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations going out to Brian Hoffman, winner of the tickets. He will be a part of the crowd tomorrow night as Boise State gets their 2023-24 season underway. Uh, You know, the, the, the day where hope abounds beginning of the season before disappointment and frustration which you're sure to see unless your team goes undefeated sometime during the season yeah. uh, but tomorrow night Boise State will get underway as the season gets underway for the 23-24 year and Vanguard by the way is a real college it's in, <laughs> it's, in um, it's not made up uh, Costa Mesa down in Orange County there you go uh, so anyway, congratulations to our winners this morning. Still more winning on the way. We've got our Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. It's coming up in about an hour from right now. If you listen in to Prayer in the Ball Game after the game against Fresno State, you know what that play is. Be ready to call it. Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game could be yours with a fifty dollars gift certificate once again to the James Kitchen and Bar. A new poll out this weekend from the New York Times Siena poll. Battleground states found that Trump leads Biden by 10 points in Nevada, six points in Georgia, five points in Arizona, five points in Michigan, and four points in Pennsylvania. We are one year ahead of the election. Biden only defeated Trump in one of the swing states in the poll, Wisconsin, which he led Trump in the Badger State by just two points. By the way, out of all of those uh, swing states, um, according to the poll, um, only two of those fall within the margin of error. That is uh, Pennsylvania at four points, which is within the margin of error, and Wisconsin, which uh, Biden wins in that poll, uh, New York Times, Siena poll, by two points. All the others are outside the uh, margin of error, which shows Trump with a huge lead. Even with all the things going on in Trump's legal problems, one year ahead of the election, battleground states, which are important because, by the way, Biden won every one of those states in the last election. Another interesting stat. And once again, this is a New York Times Siena poll. So when you look at polls, you can go, well, this is a more liberal poll. This is more conservative poll. Um, the New York Times, not necessarily known for their conservatism. Black voters registered 22% support in the six states for Trump. That's rare for Republican presidential candidates in modern politics, by the way, and over 10 points higher than Trump had in the last presidential election. Voters by a 59% to 37% margin said they trusted Trump over Biden on the economy. That support spanned among genders and education and income levels. Spanned all those, according to the poll. However, survey participants said they trusted Biden over Trump on the debate surrounding abortion, an issue that Democrats used to garner victories across the country after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Trump and Biden both commanded 37% of the vote in uh, USA Today Suffolk University poll released last month with independent candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 
costing Trump what would have been a narrow lead if Kennedy Jr. can make it on to the ballots. Hmm. Kennedy it's, it's, won 13% of the vote in a hypothetical matchup, drawing voters by 2 to 1, said they would otherwise support a probable Republican nominee if Kennedy wasn't in running I mean, you know, in since you know since until recently he was a democrat that that's surprising yeah um 208 336 pound 670 on your verizon wireless if you want to weigh it in we need to take a break here uh don't go away still on the way a uh, chance for you to get a 50 dollars gift certificate to land ocean we'll tell you how you can do that coming up here next tonight at 10 it's michael knowles now back to mike casper and chris walton this is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. This is Donald Trump, the guy who made it in Manhattan. And if this case goes forward, if this judge rules against him, if he loses on appeal, the man who really just wanted to be on what he calls the most iconic block in the United States, in the world, Fifth Avenue, could see a scenario where he'd have to sell Trump Tower, sell all of his assets. And that we have to remember for a person that is so big on his ego more than anything, that will be a big blow to Donald Trump. The uh, trial is underway already this morning. Uh, Trump supposedly has uh, taken the stand. So uh, early morning, I mean, they're two hours ahead of us. So uh, already underway this morning. Trump repeatedly has uh, derided as unhinged and a Trump-hating radical left Democrat operative. Um, He did that, uh, of course, before the judge slapped a restraining order on talking about the judge or anybody else within the case. However, he's uh, kind of tested the limits of that because that's cost him about $15,000 in uh, charges so far. Two separate cases, $5,000 and another $10,000. That would have stopped me. It would have stopped you. But $15,000 isn't going to stop him. Even before opening arguments, uh, the judge ruled that uh, the office had already shown conclusive evidence that Trump had overstated his net worth on financial documents between $812 million and $2.2 billion between 2014 and 2021. As a result, the judge ordered liquidation of the companies managing the assets in question, such as Trump Towers, you heard there, and 40 Wall Street skyscrapers in Manhattan, Seven Springs private estate in the uh, suburbs. The order is on hold pending appeal, but it is potentially sweeping consequences highlight the high stakes that the uh, former president is uh, under right now in this fraud trial. Ivanka Trump, by the way, um, who left the Trump organization in 2017 to become a White House advisor to her father, not a uh, co-defendant in this case, but has been ordered to testify possibly as soon as a uh, day after tomorrow. Hmm. wonder what she'll have to say. So, well, we know what she said so far. That she's a mom and she has to get her kids to school and stuff like that, so she can't testify during school time. I have florist to scrub, she said. No, I'm kidding. She didn't say that. Uh, but she is due to testify on Wednesday. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Trump... Somebody, somebody the other day said, <laughs> when, when she said that she had to, you know, it was a school day and she had to get, somebody said... Hey, you went all the way to Los Angeles and went to was it Paris Hilton's birthday party on a school day? What was that about? Maybe she took the kids that time. I don't know. Yeah, that that seemed like a kind of a strange excuse. It'll be interesting to watch uh, the trial as it goes on today um, with Trump testifying. 
Can he keep his mouth shut? Well, he doesn't have to. He's testifying. I'm talking about keeping his mouth shut oh. as far as irritating the judge. No. I mean, he hasn't shown to have been able to do that when he's not testifying, so... Well, he's not trying to not irritate the judge. I mean, if he were, if he were actually trying to not irritate the judge, yeah, maybe he could do it. But he's not. He's fine with irritating the judge. It doesn't bother him. It's weird how his uh, lawyers are also perfectly fine irritating the judge, too. Well, he... I was going to say he pays them. He's supposed to pay them. I hope he does. They are not under a gag order. However, on over the weekend, um, they criticized the judge. And this is, this is the same person that Trump has been criticizing, the judge's clerk. And they keep criticizing the judge's clerk because um, 40 or 50 times they're sitting there passing notes back and forth. They claim it's very disruptive when they're passing notes and whispering each other that to see them rolling their eyes even though they may not know what they're rolling their eyes about but they have said that it's obvious and i'm saying when i say they um the trial attorneys have said that it's obvious that the uh, person who is the uh, court clerk is also biased against trump either that or a fact checker and the judge got really upset with that once again, saying it is none of your business. It is our private business what notes we are sending back and forth. And as a matter of fact, he slammed his desk when he said it. He was so upset um, when they when they claimed it was very uh, frustrating to them to see him doing that in court. And he also said that if they want to continue, that he may slap a... Gag order on the uh, Billy C. Wrote on the in. judges. Billy or, C. I mean, wrote on the uh, on the uh, lawyers. Billy C. wrote in. He says Trump's net worth statements start with disclaimers that essentially warn lenders, "Check my math." Trump told Sean Hannity the disclaimers absolve him of any responsibility. Woohoo! I'm going to start using the Donald Trump disclaimer method to become debt free and borrow tons of cash. Good luck with that, Billy. Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, this is something we talked about. If you or I tried to do this, and I don't know how they do business in New York. I've never tried to get a loan in New York. Here in Idaho, though, you can't, on a pinky swear, say, my business is worth this much. You need to give me this much loan. It yeah, just it we, won't yeah, happen. Neither of us could go to New York and convince a bank that we're wealthy. And even if you were able to convince a bank that you're wealthy, it's still the bank who makes the final decision based on how much you're worth. It, that's what they're supposed to do, yeah. Yeah. So if they don't do that, is that Trump's fault or is it the bank's fault? That's what a lot of questions that I have. And that's a question mm -hmm. I have. That's a lot of what people are going, How I don't, I don't understand this. It's like, how do you get a loan just because your name is Trump? Do you get a loan? And the banks aren't, the banks haven't filed any uh, charges against him. The banks I, all got I, paid I, their I money back. I, I will say this, the uh, the richest family in the entire nation, their last name is Walton. My last name is Walton. And at the bank, they told me that that doesn't do me any good. Doesn't do you any good? Right, because I'm not technically related to those people, at least not close enough. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're, you're related, aren't you? Just not close enough, like, if they, you, like they give you a big bunch of money And I don't even Christmas. know, there are about six different places in England that were called Walton, and pretty much all the Waltons are from those six different places, but it doesn't mean that they all knew each other. Even at one time, maybe if you had a job, Wald, it's, it's like well, in, it, you know, like Walden. Yeah, it's, it's the same name, and Dewald, same thing. 
uh, because wald means uh, woods. In other words, we live near the woods. Which you don't live near the woods either. No. Closer to closer to him than a lot of people. <laughs> Matter of fact, you could say you're closer to the woods than you are to the Walton's money. Uh, yeah, way closer. Two oh eight. I can get into the woods just by you know going slightly north of town. Two oh eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, hang on, we're going to take a break when we come back. Fifty dollar gift certificate up for grabs for you to Land Ocean in Meridian on Eagle Road. We've got the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question right after Bronco Sports today. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 8.37, uh, nothing good really to uh, feel good about. After the uh, milk can goes back to Fresno for the first time since 2017. Just just getting better. Yeah. um, In addition to the uh, Fresno loss, we have breaking news of another big loss for the Boise State fans this morning. Bob Beeler with us. uh, We talk uh, not just about the latest game, but also um, the, the biggest breaking news we have that happened just moments ago. Yeah, this morning, uh, B.J. Raines and Bronco Nation News reporting that uh, wide receiver Eric McAllister has decided to put his name in the transfer portal. I guess the portal doesn't open until December when the regular season is over, but uh, he, it appears, according to B.J., going to be withdrawing from the team, and it looks like he does have it confirmed from the athletic department. So that's uh, a, a position now that uh, Boise State's going to have to in the final three games of the season you know they're gonna have to hope that Cobbs, who I you know I don't know whether he got hurt in the game or not. He left the yeah. game, did come back, but didn't play a lot. You know Bowens, uh, Prince Strawn, they're gonna have to. It's, yeah. You know at this stage of the season, it's like somebody's gotten hurt, and you know you're gonna have to fill in a receiver it'll, with whatever else you got. It'll be interesting to see where McAllister goes if if he goes home. He that's TCU country. Yeah, I would think that if if he's gonna go, you would think he's probably there's a number of schools in Texas that, you know, are pretty good yeah, and probably yeah. have some pretty good it's, NIL money the, and uh he's from the town of Azel, Texas. Yeah, which it's is just, near Fort Worth. Yeah. It's just strange that with the rest of the season, I mean he, he can't go someplace and start playing. No, he's yet, already lost his um season. Well, I mean he he, he doesn't played, get a game. He played the lion's season. share of the game. So yeah. I wouldn't I'm I'm not gonna cry for somebody that that, that doesn't play the last three games. I mean, or you know, that that's their choice, right? Obviously, it's, it's just but, weird that he makes but, that choice with with you know the the games that we have less left. By far, the number one, and he's playing a lot and has been the number one wide receiver for the Boise State Broncos this year. It's it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if the reason why he left um, comes out. Um, you know, is it nil you know, money that from some place he may get? It's, it's probably a lot of things. It's probably, you know, dissatisfied. The record's not where you wanted. It's probably maybe, although I was going to say he was by far and away the, the most targeted receiver, so you yeah. wouldn't think it was that, you know, he's he wasn't not getting, getting, getting the, targets, the ball yeah. thrown to him. But, you know, who, who knows what, you know, everybody has their own reasons. You know, people, when they leave a job for another job, everybody has has their own reasons for doing it. But it certainly, you know, looking at the squad, it'll certainly be a hit because McAllister's been far and away the best receiver this year. And he was targeted 19 times on Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, again, he's he's been very, very productive. Uh, um, you know, would have had 1,000 yards receiving, you know, I'm sure if he had played the, the last three games for Boise State. So, um, 
you know, disappointing, but you know, you can only play with who's there on the roster and mm-hmm. and move forward. As I said, it'd be kind of like uh, an injury to the position where you know you miss somebody and somebody else has got to step up. And you know, the game was disappointing on on Saturday night because it, it was kind of there, but it was one of those games where you know they they allowed scores on the first two possessions. Fresno looked like they really wanted to attack Boise State deep. They got a touchdown on their first drive, a uh, 25-yarder to the tight end was how they scored it. Boise State did nice in the red zone. They held Fresno to three field goals, uh, but they were ahead 10 to nothing, and it just seemed like the whole night they were digging out from being behind. And then, you know, the the, the big play of the game was the uh, kickoff return for Fresno State. No, Seven hurt. seconds left on the last play of the half that changed a three-point game back to a 10-point game. And just the whole vibe when you work – Really hard on a twelve play drive and score with seven seconds left on a on a nice third down pass and then you know in a blink of an eye you know Fresno's got their ten point lead back yeah and I mean if you didn't see the score and you looked at the stats and you looked at the stats you go yeah Boise State probably won that game I mean they they led in total yards they led in passing yards they led led in rushing yards um, they they uh, lost in interceptions by one. Um, thrown each team through an interception. Boise State had two of them. But Mike, have you heard the term hidden yardage before? Yeah. Well, that's the kickoff because yep. when you yep. look at total yardage, it says Boise State 488, Fresno State 441. But 95 yards for Fresno on the kick return is unaccounted for. Yeah. So then they're over 500 yards if you count that. So. I even, I even said at halftime as I was uh, listening to you and watching the game, I go. Um, that's going to come back to haunt them in the second half. And sure enough, you know, that, that was, they were chasing those points the entire second half and just couldn't, couldn't quite get uh, back to them. And, and there's, I mean, you can look at it and I know a lot of different things could have happened in the second half, but there's a difference in your game. Seven point difference right there. And that, and that was the difference. That put them over, that put them over the top. Boise State managed the last part of the game well. You know, you're down 10. You get to fourth down, you take a long field goal, you make it, and then you have a chance at an onside kick because you have to score twice. You need a touchdown and you need a field goal, but unfortunately the onside kick didn't didn't materialize for Boise State. Thanks. Tough loss. Yeah. Four and five on the season, three and two in conference. So, um, you know, more than likely, unless just a lot of crazy things happen, uh, it'll be a year Boise State will not go to the Mountain West Championship. You know, when you when you talk about crazy things, and in the grand scheme of things for the Mountain West, it doesn't matter, but uh, Air Force got throttled oh. by Army. I didn't see that coming. 23-3. Oh. to three. That was amazing. Six turnovers, a uh, big deal in that game, and, and that, that that is a huge loss. Probably costs them a New Year's Six spot if yeah. they do win the uh, Mountain West. In uh, looking at Fresno State, I mean, Fresno State has only lost uh, one game uh, this year, and I know people are disappointed with uh, Boise State, but, you know, this was in a hostile environment, and, you know, it, it's a, it, a loss is a loss. I, I, I'm not belittling that fact at all, but you're talking about a team that is 8-1, and one, um, has looked good all year, and Boise State played them mm-hmm. very, very well uh, in this game. Um they still have to get to six wins. Do you do you foresee? What do you foresee going ahead? I know it's hard to predict, um, but over the I mean, last three games, they've got to win two. You they've know, they've got to win two. You got to like the chances yeah. against New Mexico, and and I would think uh, Utah State would be one. Air Force should be tough. They could win all three. I mean, I I really do think they yeah. can win all three. No, I agree with you know I. <laughs> When you look at the schedule and, you know, the records, you'd go, eh, it would be a little tough. But it's like, 
you you can say what you want. Boise State, you know, still has has not been blown out with the exception of Washington State. They've played their teams very well. They've just come up on the on the short end of the stick a numerous amount of times. We'll take a break. Uh 208-336-3700, pound six seven on your Verizon Wireless. Those are important numbers to know. Still have the play of the game coming up. Fifty dollar gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar on the way coming up within ten minutes. And when we come back next, we'll hear from the coach. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk, KBOI. 8.47, talking about the most recent game about uh, Fresno State. Also stick around after 9 o'clock. We're going to be giving away tickets to the upcoming game this coming Saturday night. New Mexico, a chance to text and win. That's on the way coming up after top of the hour. We'll give you the details to that. Bob Beeler with us once again. It is Bronco Monday. Had a chance to visit with Coach Avalos after the game late on uh, Saturday night down in Fresno, and obviously the uh, kick return for the touchdown with seven seconds left that happened as the clock expired in the first half was a big factor in the game. He talked about that and other things that were tough to overcome. You know, the, the kickoff return right before the half, you know, was a huge blow that ultimately ends up coming down to that seven points that we were chasing throughout, you know, the second half. Um, but I love how our players – you can see the fight in them. You can see how they were willing to fight their way back into this game at all costs. Um, it wasn't perfect by any means. Uh, we definitely on defense could have played better on third downs and got ourselves off the field and, uh, you know, got the ball back to our offense. So as we look at it, there's, there's things that we're capable of doing better. Um, you know, uh, I feel for our players, uh, again, for how they battled. And uh, when the sun comes up tomorrow, we dust ourselves off and, uh, we got to get ready to work to be 1-0 next week. When you look at the way the game unfolded, Boise State did use two quarterbacks, but Maddox Madsen played the lion's share of the game. He was 22 of 42 for 258 yards. Green threw two passes, and on the running department, uh, Green ran the ball uh, three times, and Madsen ran it nine. So uh, Coach was asked after the game about you know why they use Madsen more. You know, as we got behind, he's, he's been way more efficient in the past game, and um, you know, we, we felt like it, uh, we were in a situation where you know, we we're going to need to be able to still run the ball, but we're going to need to pass the ball, be able to move the ball down the field. Uh, uh, you know, when it became a, a two-score, three-score game at one point there, and we, uh, you know, we just came up a little bit short, but Mad Dog didn't, you know, was very impressive down the stretch there as uh, we worked in position to get into a one-score game. And one of the big plays in the second half as Boise State was battling back, they called a fake punt. James Ferguson Reynolds with a pass to Jaden Virgin for 21 yards and a first down that got him to the Fresno 39. Talked about the execution of that play. Yeah, we had seen some all the way back from last year and uh, been practicing that, and it, uh, it came up big at the right time. Um, it, was, it was great. Again, we talked about it at the beginning of the week that it, two special teams plays were going to change the game. Unfortunately, we only had one. And they scored on one. And, and as we talk about it, I mean, there's, we were chasing that seven points. And, you know, in this battle and this rivalry, it always comes down, you know, to uh, two special teams plays. And then uh, we, were, we were close to having a, a couple others. But uh, you know what? On nights like this, those are the ones you need to, to be victorious, especially on the road. And then how many times did you rep it? i got to believe that's the first pass, obviously, that Ferguson Reynolds has thrown in the game. And Virgin's a defensive end, although he told me this week he was a good tight end in high school. Yes, he was. He definitely was. He played a bunch of positions on offense, and uh, we had the full confidence in those guys. Um, there's a certain look we were looking for, and 
to be honest with you, um, it plays out through the snap. And, um, you know, uh, they did a great job executing it. Uh, James saw that, um, you know, that no one was uh, covering uh, Jaden as he released and put it on him. And it was a huge play for us. Uh, you know, we were able to get some points. Uh, you know, scoring a touchdown there would have been huge, huge for momentum and, and where we were at in the game. Um, but that was an awesome play in, in the way we were able to execute it. And I'm thinking there because this past week my radio show guests on the Thursday night show as far as players go were James Ferguson Reynolds and Jaden Virgin, <laughs> and neither guy decided to clue me in on that they might have a fake punt between the two of them working. So really, really kind of ironic those were the two guests. And we'll finish up, you know, when you look at career accomplishments for players, you know, Boise State had two of them in this game that I'm sure would have been celebrated a lot more if, you know, Boise State had won the game. But George Helani became the ninth Boise State running back to rush for over 3,000 yards. A great game for him. You know, he had 140 all-purpose yards in the game. And Jonah Dalmas made three field goals. He now is the all-time record holder for field goals made with 69. And I asked Coach after the game about those two guys. George uh, did a great job, especially early on in the half. He was explosive on some runs where they're, you know, he was making guys miss and uh, making the first one miss and getting seven, eight yards on a carry, and uh, that's what we needed to do. You know, Jonah's ability all year to you – know, we've been in a lot of tight ball games, and, you know, Jonah's been a huge part of that in terms of helping us uh, secure some wins and, and making some big-time field goals. And uh, it's very fortunate for him and proud of him and what he's been able to accomplish. So, again, congratulations both to George Helani and Jonah Dalmas for their marks. Another thing that uh, kind of went under the uh, radar that um, is kind of good news and it was great to see, and who knows, maybe this person could fill the uh, need with uh, McAllister leaving the program effective immediately, but it was awesome to see Austin Bolt finally back and, and made a great catch downfield um, because he has just been injured since he's come into the program and what's it been over a year since he broke his leg in that Oregon State game in the opening game so he he got his first catch Uh, Prince Strawn had another catch Uh, he's a guy that uh, looks like he's got some promise so yeah I think that you know if we mentioned 19 targets from McAllister so if you go forward and he's getting a higher percentage those targets have to go to somebody else yeah We'll take a break. Uh, one more segment on the way. It is Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us once again. Don't go away. Still on the way. Uh, our play of the game. We've got a $50 gift certificate to give away uh, coming up here shortly for the James Kitchen and Bar. Don't go away. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 8.55. Uh, Bob, you have a very, very busy week. And as a matter of fact, uh, it's going to be busy for you for the rest huh. of the year, isn't it? Yes, it is with the overlap of football and basketball. Basketball starts tomorrow. First game, home opener, Vanguard, a team from Southern California, 7 o'clock tip-off, and then another game on Sunday afternoon at 2 against the University of San Francisco. That game should be a really good game. USF has picked third in the WCC behind St. Mary's and Gonzaga, so that is a very good team coming to Extra Mile Arena. And then, of course, we've got the radio show Thursday night with Coach Avalos and select players that are going to be interviewed on the show, and then the football game will be Saturday night at 8, meaning our coverage will get underway at 3. New Mexico, one of the teams at the bottom of the standings in this league, they're 3-6 and six overall, 1-4 and four in conference play. UNLV tied for second with Fresno State, beat them 56-14. to 14. Uh, Defensively, New Mexico's had issues. They've given up 35 points a game. They have only nine sacks all season 
only six turnovers. Um, and again, it's a team that has you know struggled a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's kind of maybe a good a good team to kept coming down the pike this week. It's one of those teams where I think Boise State has only lost one time to uh, in Mountain North's play, so. Um, we'll see if Boise State can get back on the uh, winning track once again all this mm-hmm. week. We will have tickets that we will be uh, giving away to the Boise State-New Mexico game, so make sure you're listening in. Your first chance to win those tickets, by the way, are going to be coming up here after 9 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we'll see you back for Bronco Tuesday. Thanks again, Bob, for being with us Appreciate uh, it. again this morning. Uh, as we uh, get ready to head out of the hour, as promised, uh, it's time for the play of the game. Play of the game. If you uh, listen in to Prater and the ball game after the game on uh, Saturday night, you know what the play is. If you want to take a guess, go ahead. Feel free. Uh, if you get it right, you're going to win just the same as if you actually know it. But go ahead and give us a call, 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. First person to identify correctly what the play of the game was. You'll have a $50 gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar. Got news coming up next at the top of the hour. And then uh, after news, uh, we'll tell you how you can get those tickets to the Boise State-New Mexico game coming up this weekend. Phone number 208-336-3700. That's also our text number to know. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, there you go. If you're interested in uh, seeing the Boise State Broncos game for free, we've got more tickets than anybody else, and your chance to win right now. If you want to text us, just text Broncos to 208-336-3700. Everybody who texts between now and 9.50 will be in on the grand prize drawing. We'll pick one at random. Go ahead and text away right now. Also, uh, right now, Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. Ben is going to get first crack at it. Ben, my very first question I always have to ask is, number one, did you listen to Prater in the ball game for the post game to hear the play of the game? No, I tried, but I just couldn't stay awake. All right. <laughs> hey, we, we've had people guess and win before. Let's see if we can do it with you. Um, go ahead and guess the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. I, For me, it would be Mad Dog Madison runner for that touchdown. That is it. That would be a very good guess. However, that is not it, Ben. Keep trying. Good guess. Not it. Uh, Rick and Boise. All right, Rick, did you listen in to the uh, post game? Hello, Rick. Are you there? Yeah. Did you listen in to the post game? No, I didn't. All right. Another guess. Let's hear your guess. Uh,. James Ferguson's fake punt. Fake, the fake punt. All right, let's listen. Punting from the 40-yard line, <laughs> averaging 50 yards a punt tonight, and it's a pa- fake a pass. It's caught by Boise State's Jaden Virgin, a former high school tight end, and he's going to get the first down. It is the gutsy play of the game going for it on fourth down. Ferguson Reynolds threw the pass, the first time he's ever thrown a pass. And Jaden Virgin, Virgin with the catch, unlikely duo, first down for Boise State. There's a coincidence, the play of the game and the gutsy play of the game. <laughs> Congratulations, Rick. You guessed and won. We've got a $50 gift certificate to the James Kitchen and Bar. Hang on the line, okay? 
Thank you. All right. See, you, you, if if you don't listen in, you can go ahead and guess. Makes it a lot easier, though, if you do listen in. We'll have another chance for you next Monday morning to win another $50 gift certificate for some great food. Once again, be listening Monday morning at this same time for your chance to get the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. It is 9.08. We'll shift gears here. Today is uh, Election Day Eve, and tomorrow, Election Day, uh, throughout our nation, throughout the state, and Secretary of State Phil McGrain has uh, come in this morning because at this time of year, of course, he has nothing better to do than to uh, talk to us here on KBOI. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. I, I'm happy to be here. This is <laughs> I want to get as many people out to vote as we can, and so your audience is a great group to get out to vote tomorrow. All right, let's start things uh, off. Uh, we're going to talk everything you know having to do with the election tomorrow uh number one let's let's start off if somebody has not yet registered for the election they're out of luck right no uh we're fortunate here in the state of idaho if you haven't registered if uh you move to the area and need to register or if you've moved since the last time you voted say since last year you've uh, changed locations you can still do so at the polls we have same day registration you need to bring photo id so an idaho driver's license passport some other id and proof of residence, you can register there and vote at the same time. Specifically, uh, what is proof of residence that they would need to bring? Proof of residence will be uh, a utility bill, a rental agreement. Um, often one of the easiest is like auto insurance, uh, something that's updated. Has to have your has, name and has, address has Name on and it. address, okay. yep. Exactly. Some people, you know, if, if they just moved here, might even be surprised we still vote on election day. <laughs> that's <laughs> depending where they come from. You yeah. know, that's true. But majority of folks will vote tomorrow. Sounds good. Um, since the last election, any big changes in the state that we need to be aware of? You know, the biggest one actually is related to IDs for registering to vote. Um, we now, it used to be just generic. It just said any ID. And so you would hear stories of some counties accepting a scuba diving card or something else. That's been uh, tailored. So now it is an Idaho State driver's license, ID card, a passport, military ID, tribal ID. So one of those official forms of right. identification. Um, and there's also a question. So student IDs can't be used to register to vote for this election, but they can be still used to be able to vote. So if you're already registered, you will be asked to show identification and a student ID will work. But not to register, just not to, register. Just to, to vote. Um, there's also some changes in uh, some of the local uh, elections. Can you go over some of those? Um, for instance, I know, I know Boise for the first time is uh, voting in districts for their city councils this year. Yeah, this is a, a, a big change here, specifically in the Treasure Valley. So any of the cities over 100,000, which means Boise, Meridian, and Nampa, those are the three cities. They are now using city districts. It used to be we all voted on the city council members all across the city, and you'd have multiple races. Now... There are specific city council men or women uh, to a district area. And so each of those cities are adjusting to that new thing. Um, this election, you'll only see one race for city council on your ballot. And there are some areas where there won't be anyone. Uh, so specifically, I know a lot of attention in Boise. Uh, Jimmy Halliburton and uh, Lucy Willits uh, both went uncontested. So they're not appearing on the ballot because there's no challenger. Right. And so they're automatically elected. That's an election I want to be in where you just don't have a chance. Hey, he just won. Congratulations. As someone who ran for office, I can show you that's the kind of election I'd like to be in, too. Um, specifically, since we're talking a little bit about um, the city council elections, I'd like to, to weigh in a little bit. And I, I know this is going to be going to court, but it was uh, announced that Lisa Sanchez um, has filed um, 
to the Supreme Court, Idaho Supreme Court, um, to overturn uh, the previous judgment. She, her, her time would be up this election anyway, correct? As of the end of the year, correct. Uh, what, what do you, what do you see as is she is hoping to do uh, by appealing this to the Idaho Supreme Court? Do you know? You know, I'm not sure exactly, you know, when you look at the statue, and it makes sense to all of us, the people who represent us should live in the area they're representing. Right. I think that's just the simple form. Um, she certainly was aware because she had asked questions of the elections office leading up to her decision to relocate. Um, I I don't know, you know, it, the initial district court decision makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but we do get, you know, unique questions that come, especially at the local taxing district level about people moving in residency, often it's related to voters. Um, we'll see what the Supreme Court does, but I would guess that they'll uphold the district court's decision. Is there anything that needs to be changed about the way Idaho votes that if you could snap your fingers and do just make one change, what would it be? This is just your opinion, by the way. This doesn't yeah. have to be something that oh, proved a, by the state. It's a, no. reason, it's a reasonably official opinion, yeah. however. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been in elections for quite some time, and so it's always surprises people because when I get that question, um, to me, probably the biggest thing is we elect too many offices. Um, I recently held a meeting with some legislators and other stakeholders uh, looking at local elections. Um, so specifically on the ballot tomorrow are city council members, mayors, school trustees. Um, but we often, and you guys know this because you track along with this, like if we go back to last May and we had elections for auditorium districts, for uh, library districts, weather modification districts. We, we elect cemetery district commissioners in Idaho. Mm -hmm. When was the last time either of you can remember <laughs> voting on a cemetery <laughs> district commissioner? You know, this, are, is, this is news to me right now. <laughs> people are dying to get that job. <laughs> That's right. And so there's sometimes a knee-jerk reaction to direct democracy that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. You know, some of these jobs, we just want capable, competent people. You know, I think cemetery districts are a perfect example of that. Now, there are other policy jobs. When we talk about the city council, we talk about the mayor, the legislature. Of course, those need to be elected positions. But our office deals with all the way down. And so yeah. when we look at these local elections, I think sometimes, uh, you know, in parts of Idaho where it's really rural, there aren't enough people. You know, I was up in Donnelly uh, about a year ago, and they there's three people who take turns being mayor. It's like... Kind of like a relay race. After mm -hmm. you know a couple laps, you're like, "All right, I'm done." I need give a break. them a cat or a dog because we get those <laughs> stories every year. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and do they do they just have a, a an agreement between the three of them? It's like you do this year, I'll do this year, and I, I'll do the next. I year. think it it's like until you get fatigued, and then finally you're like, "Tag, I'm out." Mm -hmm. uh, and you you think about it, it's like Clark County, uh, Idaho. We probably no one here in the Treasure Valley thinks about it, but Clark County has like 365 registered voters. Mm -hmm. But yet they have nine county elected officials. Dubois has all their city officials. They have school trustees. They have fire district commissioners. Mm. Like all of a sudden you start to look and you're like about a third of the population is elected. Uh, and I don't know that that makes sense. <laughs> by, by the other two thirds, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah an, an interesting stat we learned leading up to this election uh, coming up is that Canyon County has a hundred more elected officials than Ada County. Ada County right? has three times as many people. A hundred in Canyon County. Yes. Wow. So it's uh, it's just because they have more districts, like this you right. know, local stuff, smaller small towns. Somebody years ago said, "Why do we elect a coroner? Because wouldn't it just shouldn't it just go to the person who knows how to do that the best?" 
And I said, well, technically, shouldn't every elected <laughs> office go to the person who knows how to do it the best? Now, hold on. Uh, yeah, I think that's very true. I would say president company included. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, corners come up all the time. You this... were a clerk for a long time. Yes. 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 Uh, we'll take a break here. It is 916. Once again, we are talking with uh, Secretary of State Phil McCrane uh, about all things having to do with the election tomorrow. Uh, when we come back, I want to get um, some predictions, not predictions as to who's going to win what you think the turnout is going to be also uh some problem areas uh reported uh in canyon county uh earlier this year a couple different ones uh i'd like you to address when we come back that's more on the way next year on news talk kboi get 670 kboi on alexa first say alexa enable the 670 kboi skill then when you want to listen say alexa open 670 kboi now back to mike casper and chris walton this is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921, uh, this is an off-year election. We're talking with Secretary of State uh, Phil McGrain. Predictions, uh, what you think for the turnout tomorrow? Are you, are, are you uh, seeing this is going to be a fairly busy or quiet election? It really, it's going to be regional. Because these are local races, it's really going to matter where you are in Idaho you know, uh, through some of the campaign finance data, we track all of that through our office. Uh, the Boise mayor's race stands out heads and tails above every other race throughout the state. A lot of money in the Boise mayor's race. I expect that Boise will have higher turnout. Um, Kootenai County uh, up in the Coeur d'Alene area always has really high turnout. Um, I think, you know, the city council districts, because it's districted, that might actually, I don't know how that's going to imp- uh, impact turnout. Whereas some of our other areas, school trustees and other things, it'll probably be in the 20%. You know, I could see, I think the highest will probably be around 40, 45% for some of those really big races. A couple things uh, before we get done with you here today, I'd like you to address uh, having to do with Canyon County. Um, we had Leslie Van B, Canyon County Commissioner, on a little bit earlier this year, um, and she had uh, given a an example of something that happened specifically to her in the last election where she filled out her ballot and got ready to turn in the ballot, and the ballot didn't man- match up to what she filled out her ballot um, like. And has that is that something that has been fixed and what should we know uh as far as everybody going and voting this year yeah a couple of things I, really for your listeners i want to clarify to give a little bit of background because you have a lot of people uh throughout the area that don't live in canyon county so in canyon county com- compared to all the other surrounding areas most areas we fill in a box right a box or an oval right. with a pen or a pencil that's the majority of the way that people in idaho vote um, Canyon County is a little bit unique uh, for the people who head to the polls. They actually have touchscreen devices, and so they will make their selections on a touchscreen, and then that touchscreen will print out a piece of paper, a ballot, that will have printed on it the names of the candidates that they voted for. So this type of situation, you're not going to see in Ada County because they're not using right. the touchscreens. And so, you know, I don't know the specifics of Commissioner Van Beek's uh, situation, but because they are using touchscreens and We've all had that experience where if you touch just slightly or a nail or something hits, it might not. But I do think for Canyon County voters, it is important prior to putting that paper ballot into the ballot box that they actually look, review the selections to make sure they are what you selected. I mean, you don't have that problem when you're filling in the box because you're the one who filled it in. Um, But for any voter, if you make a mistake while you're filling in the box, if you touch the screen and something doesn't look right, and I know this was true for Commissioner Van Beek, Always go back to the poll workers. They can issue you a new ballot. Make sure you get your votes the way you intended to. Don't feel like you can't make a change. 
Um, we are we want to make sure voters' voice gets captured the way they intended, and so uh, there is the opportunity to correct that. The other thing um, we saw here a couple of weeks ago, the news story came out. Um, same, you know, as we talked about using the uh, digital voting machines, um, they had tried to see if a photocopy of a ballot would uh, work, which it's not supposed to. And it did. It ended up working. And they said, well, it's not a big deal because, you know, there, there's going to be ways, checks and balances to that. And my first question would be, okay, if it's not going to work, why would they even test it in the first place? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to this. I, I will say, so Canyon County Elections, our staff has been providing a lot of additional support for this election. So we've actually had probably every other day some of our staff members out of the Secretary of State's office helping provide additional support. Um, a, uh, that test happened about a week and a half ago. We did a subsequent test, a retest last Thursday night that went successfully. The same, many of the same people who were there for the first test were there for the second test to make sure it went smoothly. I think, unfortunately, this was just an example of people not fully understanding. Canyon County had touted their machines as though if you photocopied a ballot, it wouldn't go through. Right. That's that actually what they were claiming wasn't true. Okay. Uh, it wasn't the, the machines work the way they're supposed to. And this is everywhere. We have other safeguards in place. So one of the most specific things is making sure to reconcile the information. So the number of people who checked in in the poll book signed, you know, on that tablet matches the number of ballots that were cast. And there's other uh, protocols throughout. Same thing with protocols managing ballot paper and ballot stock uh, to ensure that there isn't the ability for someone to interject a fraudulent ballot. Um, you know, a thing that I think is worth mentioning is absentee ballots. And um, we have voters who vote by absentee. Right now, about 60% of people have returned their absentee ballot. So if you have one, get it in soon. Uh, the deadline is tomorrow at 8 p.m. Uh, but when, you know, let's say you and your wife both put your ballot in one envelope, neither of them count. Uh, you can only have one vote per person. We verify all that information. And so there are other safety protocols. I, I will say that both the article and how it played out in Canyon County is extremely unfortunate, especially in this environment where the scrutiny that we see on elections is at, you know, as high as it's ever been following the 2020 election. Uh, almost out of time here, but I, I want to ask you one more question before we leave because we're seeing the court case going on uh, right now in Colorado. Uh, could be a couple of other cases. Um, your thoughts on uh, the states that are trying to get Trump off the ballot due to the 14th Amendment. Um, uh, any possibility of that even coming to Idaho? Uh, no. Uh, and actually, I've already been in a suit where I was a co-defendant with President Trump. We've already had it dismissed here uh, in Idaho on the 14th Amendment. Um I have a lot of faith in voters. Voters are the ones who should make the choice in terms of who we elect. Um, a secretary of state unilaterally trying to make a decision to block voters' access to the ballot and access to the candidates is absurd. Um, it, it's important that voters have the opportunity to vote. I don't think you'll see in any of the states uh, this 14th Amendment argument uh, actually removing specifically President Trump, but any other candidate. But in, about. But in Minnesota and Colorado, it, it did make it to court anyway. Yeah, I, th you know, I will be with the Minnesota Secretary of State in about a month. I think she has stepping back. I don't know about, I know Jenna Griswold. She's the Colorado Secretary of State. Um, I, part of this is just politics at play, right? And that's the problem is Secretaries of State, our role is to make sure uh, we safeguard the election that everyone can feel that it's fair. We shouldn't be interjecting our politics into the voting process. If only we could get politics out of government. <laughs> Good luck with that, Chris. <laughs> 
Secretary of State Phil McGrain, know you got a busy uh, day today and tomorrow. Thanks for taking a few minutes, uh, keeping everybody updated on the election tomorrow. Get out and vote, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, if people want information, uh, more information, where do they go? VoteIdaho.gov. All right, thanks for taking the time with us today. Thank you both. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, you got about 20 more minutes if you want to get those tickets. Boise State versus New Mexico this coming Saturday night. Uh, weather's not going to be too bad coming up here. We should have clear skies. Might be a little cooler than what you're seeing this morning, but the good news is uh, clearing skies. Football weather coming your way. About 20 more minutes, 208-336-3700. If you want to text the word Broncos, you'll get those uh, tickets. We'll pick one person at random once again. Uh, to get in this morning, go ahead and text away right now. Phone lines are open again, uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to email us, you can email us also, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, email in uh, says, love that you eat up all the time with the Secretary of State yourself so that McGrain need not face the public that knows he is a part of the election fraud and good old boys network. Of Idaho, please don't bother with any tough questions, just silly comments of whether the public should elect cemetery district officials. How about something on how he plans on making voting extremely secure one day? Paper ballots with the secure uh, numbering, security numbering system and no drop boxes or mail-in voting. Get serious for a change. Hey, um, you know what? This is a radio station that allow you to ask questions uh, instead of just bitching about it. You should have got on and uh, emailed us your questions for him. We told you numerous times throughout the morning that if you had questions for Phil McGrain, we would ask them. Uh, phone lines are always open during our show. If you had questions for Phil McGrain, you could have called in if you had one. But um, I guess you just like bitching about it and not asking questions. That's your prerogative. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, Kevin. I, don't, I don't know about you, but the number of people who sent me questions for Phil McGrain was zero. Zero for me, too. And the phone lines were open the entire time we talked, and not one single phone call for Phil McGrain either. So, uh, like I said, maybe it's just you you don't like you know asking questions. You just like complaining about it, and, and you did, and I gave you your time. Um, 937. So, you know, well done there. Caldwell, uh, Kevin and Caldwell, listening online this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. You know, I didn't realize your phone lines were open or I'd have called in. Um, not only that, but I, sometimes it's better to listen and then call in a bitch afterwards because that <laughs> way you get to hear everything. That's a good point. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, in regards to Canyon County, you are right. We've got a lot of problems out here. The last election, I think, was in August. I went and voted, and uh, my little precinct, I went and voted. I put my little electronic my thing in at the end, and it says you voted. Nope, didn't say it voted, and everybody in there was freaked out. Um, they mm. said, well, the numbers match, so we're good. But let me tell you, who's our who's ahead of Kenyon County elections? I mean, is it the clerk? Yeah. We need to replace that person because our, election, our machines are so fancy and so good, they're messed up. We need to go back. I'd, be, I'd give anything to go back to a punch card. But... Um, what I really wanted to call about a couple things that Phil said that, that upset me was when he said, you know, why do we elect district people? It's because it's in the Constitution. They raise our taxes. Anybody who raises your taxes has to be elected. It seems kind of odd. He doesn't either know that or respect it or mention that. But that's in the Constitution, and he should know that firstly. 
And then secondly, in regards to tomorrow, your voter ID, he said they would accept a, a school ID for, for voting, not for registration. I wanted to correct him there and say they will also accept no ID. So everybody tomorrow, please go in. Don't use your ID. Just say you are who you are and watch your ballot go in the same as everybody else's. They don't segregate them. Idaho has a messed up system, and he could have changed one thing to fix our system. That's probably the first one, is to make sure that votes votes are segregated. And I know he doesn't make law. But he writes a lot of these laws that get get put in in front of the lawmakers, the bills, and he should be doing that. He doesn't want to. Thank you for the call, Kevin. Appreciate it. If you're if you're not registered and you vote, isn't your vote marked as provisional? Um, you know, I don't I don't know what. Would you even be allowed to vote if you're not registered? Well, yeah, he just, he just said, if you have a, a student ID, you can vote tomorrow without being registered. You can't, re- you can't register with it, but you can vote. And the caller just said that you don't even have to have an ID. You can vote just for showing up, but you can't register. So apparently you can vote without being registered, or you can register first right, and then vote. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, it is election eve. Once again, you'll be listening, uh, tomorrow night here to News Talk KBOI. Uh, we will keep you, uh, updated with all the uh, election happenings as they come in. I'm sure it'll be coming in a little bit later and then Wednesday morning. Um, of course, Chris and I will be covering. Um, we're taking your phone calls, your emails, your texts today. If you want to talk about the upcoming election, um, anything you want to talk about, feel free. Um, Darren and Cuna says memo to Lauren McLean. Don't go Go away mad, just go away. I wish I could vote uh, you out. Uh, Darren and Cuna, yeah, you don't vote in the Boise election, so your your thoughts don't have a lot of say or carry a lot of sway in the Boise election, but thanks for your text However, message. However, you, you did just get your message out there. Gary from Nampa, I understand how overvaluing properties can give you better loans, but how does it give you better insurance rates? I would think higher values would raise your insurance rate. He's asking a question about the uh, Trump trial, which is, uh, I would say, is going on right now. But that they, is a good question. They took a took a break. If I have a more expensive house, my insurance is more yeah, expensive. Yeah. So I that's a good question. I don't know. Um, do want to give you a, a update. They did take a break um, after things got a little testy between uh, the president, former so President Trump, and the judge. First eight seconds or so is that? Uh, what yeah, it was? I, I imagine it didn't take. Too long, but they uh, did take a break. Um, one of the, uh, I think it was CNN, had the uh, cry on across the bottom, um, basically saying that uh, the judge had um, raised his voice, shall we put it? I don't want to say he was yelling at Trump, but said raised his voice about some of the things that Trump was saying on the stand. Didn't say specifically what that was, mm-hmm. but it was a short time afterwards that uh, then the uh, judge decided to take little break, maybe to uh, allow cooler heads to prevail. And like I said, you predicted uh, that would happen, and uh, and what I said was bold prediction by you. <laughs> um, another uh, person wrote in uh, earlier this morning when we were talking about the case, uh, said Trump's case is going to go to the Supreme Court. The locals are all corrupt. Some people just need to do their homework, not you guys. Oh, well, thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, another one says, uh, 
If you, uh, this is from Kevin, says, if you have the facts on your side, pound the facts. If you have the law on your side, pound the law. If you have neither facts nor law, pound the table. It sounds like the judge doesn't have the law nor the facts. We were talking earlier this morning about how the uh, judge had got upset with Trump's lawyers on uh, Friday, uh, so much so that he even pounded the table in uh, response to uh, one of the comments that the lawyers made and uh, said, kind of a warning that the gag order could be instilled upon the judges or yeah. on the lawyers just as easy as it was instilled upon Trump. In in court they're not big on sarcasm. Not even sure most judges even understand sarcasm no, when it that, comes it, to that. Doesn't matter if they do, they don't like it. Yeah. Uh Idaho boy writes in uh, government assessment and free market assessments are not the same. This judge in the Trump case needs to be sen- censured. His ruling is unhinged. Careful, Idaho boy. You can get yourself, uh, you no, know. He's not part of the, of, of the case. <laughs> Remember, there is no victim in this trial. There are no banks who have come to court for redress. They have all uh, had their loans paid back and made their money. The trial is party to election interference, and I wager this judge suddenly retires after. He knows he is wrong and will go into uh, deprivation of rights under color of law if he tries to find Trump and try to force him to sell his assets. I don't. Yeah, I. I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, he's uh, already decided that Trump committed fraud, so I don't know what will happen. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll go. Look, I've decided that Trump committed fraud, but I'm not going to charge him anything. Would that make everybody happy? <laughs> he, he was found guilty uh, of fraud, but he didn't get fined or didn't have to give up any of his property. Has there ever been anything that made everybody happy? No. Well, yeah. Th- there is, and you and I talk about this, or maybe not so much everybody happy, where everybody's upset. Well, that was the question. Yeah, if everybody is upset, that's probably a fair decision, right? We've talked about that before many times on the show, uh, usually when it comes to Congress, <laughs> yeah, if everybody's right. upset. Yeah, we said it, it, in, in mediation, if nobody likes what happened, hey, good job. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless uh, final segment on the way. If you want to get through, here's your final chance to do that. Also, don't forget, if you want to get the Boise State, New Mexico tickets, final chance to do that right now. Text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700 out of everybody who texts in the word Broncos. Um, one person will be chosen at random, and you're going to be going to the game this coming Saturday. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer, who sits on the Intelligence Committee, says the U.S. has to stand up against terrorists and that fellow lawmakers who've signed the ceasefire in Gaza resolution don't represent all Democrats. They clearly don't speak for the party at all. I mean, you're talking about a very small group of extremists um, who don't represent the views of the president of the United States, who you heard last night, or leader Hakeem Jeffries, who's been unequivocal in his support for Israel. You just called members of your own party extremists. I, I just want to be clear. Are you talking about the protest? I think the, their views are extreme. Hmm. Uh, he didn't say yes, but I think a lot of the people are extreme. A lot of the people calling for a ceasefire do so believing that a ceasefire means. People aren't getting killed anymore, and that's all they want. They want you know people to stop getting killed and for whoever it is to talk out you know whatever they've got to talk out. 
you know, it's worked so well after, you know, over the last 2,000 or so years. Oh, that, indeed it has. Yeah, that it would probably work well now. It's um, worked just as well as the wars have. One of those uh, Democrats, a uh, member of the Jihad Squad, Rashida Tlaib, um, said over the weekend that Biden is supporting genocide in Gaza. She posted uh, a video to X, formerly known as Twitter, showing pro-Palestinian marches around the country with tens of thousands of participating uh, members adding a message for the president, quoting here, Mr. President, the American people are not with you on this one. We will remember in 2024. So are, are you saying, Rashida Tlaib, who, by the way, is famous for saying that if you elected her, that she was going to uh, impeach Trump by saying, I'm going to impeach that Emma Effer. So now you're saying that you're going to help Trump get elected by making sure that Biden doesn't get elected in 2024? I'm I'm confused. Doesn't sound like you're the only one. We will remember in 2024. What exactly does that mean? It means we're not going to vote for you in 2024. However, who she's planning to vote for. I don't think it means that she will vote for the Republican candidate in 2024. I think it means that she'll try to get him primaried somehow. Which, if that's the case, she should be already trying. Yeah, I was going to say, it may be too late Getting kind of late there. Yeah. Now, however, there are maybe she's one of those people, because there are uh, some people, and even people within the Democratic Party, that... Here we are, uh, one week or one year tomorrow from the presidential election in 2024. There are still people, even within the Democratic Party, that don't think that Joe Biden will run for president, even though that he has said he is going to run. He is, he is currently campaigning, uh, doing everything that he has to do for next year. There are still people, even within his own parties, who don't think that Biden will end up running, um, and not necessarily because he can't, you know, either through death, God forbid, I don't want to see anybody die, or um, because he come, becomes incapacitated for uh, whatever reason. There are people that think that he will drop out before next year's election. And if you're if you're going to do that as a president, if you're going to drop out for any reason, you're going to need to do that but, very soon here to Tlaib, allow somebody else. But you know, Tlaib making that veiled threat to uh, Biden is, is like you know, like any of the people they say, well, I'm not completely. Uh, I don't I don't agree with everything the Republican Party is doing. Well, then you're going to vote Democrat. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, and so what they what they go along with is you don't have to agree with everything your party is doing because it turns out very few people do. Yeah. It's just interesting, um, you know, to hear because to a certain extent, you can also say that as a Democrat, not voting for a Democrat, even if it's not voting for Trump, is still a vote for Trump. Which I suppose sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just weird. I, I don't I, I don't want to say um, that she's stupid, but that comment sounds stupid. You've said it before. You might as well say it again. All right. She's stupid. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what are you holding back for this time? Thanks. Thanks for giving me permission. I appreciate it. All right. Um, I wasn't permission. I just 
<laughs> it was a, it sounded, like, that sounded just, like an official okie dokie to I me, Chris. I just knew you'd be grumpy for the next hour if you didn't, and I have to see no, your next day. I'm I'm grumpy because of the time change. Actually, I'm not. It's been a fabulous day. I love yeah, this. Time this is change. when you love the time yeah, change. It's, it was it was awesome waking spring, up this morning. It's the springtime when everything's yeah. beautiful. That's when you're grumpy. Uh, let's work on that oh. for next year. Um, all right, coming up tomorrow morning, we'll have more chances for you to get Boise State tickets. Uh, once again, be listening in. We'll award one winner from everybody that we've got. Final chance to get in. We'll